0: Welcome to Nerdgasm, episode 3, season 1, somewhere out in the great American Midwest. I bid you guys all welcome. Ooh, it's been a long week, a long week, a long week since last week's episode. I've been doing a lot of thinking. Um, tonight's episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, is pre-recorded, um, and we're trying out a new format um, just for this week with audio only, um, mainly because the video file from last week got corrupted, so if you checked it out on YouTube or Spotify, you'll notice like the last ten minutes of it got cut off. We were having some technical issues as we explored some new software and we weren't able to get it all working the way I had wanted to, Um, but we are here now. Um, trying out this format to see if it uses less computer resources and all that stuff Um, but nevertheless season one episode three of nerdgasm here this this season we're talking about UFOs aliens abductions evidence of UFOs and and extraterrestrials Um, and I've found it very compelling so far like I said, in between all these episodes, I kind of do my own research, I watch my own videos, I watch and listen to podcasts, I um, research the hell out of these topics, and um, I usually have a very good general idea of where I want to take each episode uh, a week or two in advance, and I spend that free time, you know, like I said, reading and and getting all of the facts that I want to bring to the table for each episode, and just doing my own research, making sure I'm at least somewhat self-educated on the topic I want to talk about. Um, in this particular episode, I did the same thing. Now in this season, like I said, UFOs and aliens, and we went ahead and, you know, for the first episode of the season, we, we went one direction and then... For the second episode be one another but still covering the same general topic um and continue with that theme today we're talking about alien interventions now what some of you might have an idea of what that refers to some of you might not in my terminology in my understanding the idea of alien intervention would be any time I feel an extraterrestrial force, not from this planet, interfered in our society, our culture, our way of life, our species, our planet. The Things going on here. And whether that be in the past, present, um, whether that be... Subtly, whether it be passively or aggressively, or um, whether it be intentional or unintentional. Any extraterrestrial influence on us as a society and a species. So, alien intervention. This topic, oh my lord. Guys, I'm telling you, you can research UFOs and aliens and abductions and things all you want. And you'll get to eventually a conclusion where you form your own opinion and you base it on certain facts and certain things you've seen and heard and read. Um, But the topic of alien intervention is there is no other topic in this subculture that is so hotly debated and both sides are very very adamant of their positions and they are very very fierce Um, and i have seen it go all different directions i've seen people that are believers in ufos and and aliens and abductions not believe in like ancient aliens and alien interventions, um, and I've seen it the other way. It is it is very contested. Let me say that. So I spent a week, week and a half researching this specific topic, and there's a few things I want to go over tonight. As a result of all that research and thinking and pondering, uh, but let me tell you, I spoiler alert, I man, I opened up a can of worms for myself. myself, Hopefully we'll open that can of worms for you guys this evening or this morning or whatever time or day you're watching or or listening to this podcast. Um, I try to keep these within, you know, one hour time frame, Um, but if we go over that a little bit or if we're under a little bit, I apologize. Um, just makes for good content, I guess, if we're over. Um, Just to give you guys a little bit of of background, Um, so I'm an amateur podcaster. Um, my nickname is Nerd, my real name is Mark. Uh, I play video games a lot. I work a full-time job, I'm a family man, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Um, I have a couple of different hobbies, gaming is one of them. Uh, making music is another. Um, I've made music throughout the years, and I've always loved radio and podcasts and talking and just self-educating, which has led me now to... Podcasting. So, thanks again for coming and seeing, coming and checking it out, coming and listening. So, let's go ahead and um, dive into this. So, I guess we'll start at the most logical place, right? Alien intervention. You think of the image probably coming to your head is. Um, Aliens coming down and stopping us from killing ourselves, like World War III. Like, we're going to launch nukes at each other, and aliens come down and they stop it, right? That's alien intervention. Or um, something bad is going to happen, and, you know, a UFO steps in and stops it from happening. Or an alien comes down to the planet and says, hey, you're killing your planet. The pollution, the nuclear weapons testing, yada, 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 the killing of the rainforest. You guys are killing your planet. Knock it off. Like, these are images and scenarios you think of when you hear the term alien intervention. Um, You'd be right, in a sense, um, but what those of us in this community and researchers and believers or disbelievers uh, go back to is on the History Channel, there's a show called Ancient Aliens. If you've never seen that, I encourage you to check it out, form your own opinions. They're in like 14, 15, 16 seasons, somewhere in there. Um, I believe they're all on Hulu. Um, I've watched every episode of every season. Um, There are theories that aliens visited us throughout history um, and interacted with our species on various levels. Some of the theories are pretty outlandish. Um, Some of them make you think a little bit. Uh, I would say 80% of it is hogwash. And I'm a fan of the show. I'm a fan of the theory. I subscribe to the theory that at some point in time, alien life has intervened in mankind. I don't believe we're alone in the universe. I don't believe we're alone in the solar system. I don't believe that everything was a coincidence. And I don't believe everything was created by an angry kindergartner named God. That's just my belief. But I also don't think 80% of what's on that show is is legitimate. Um, I've seen better theories Um, I've seen... (laughs) It's not a real science. Some of it is laughable. Aliens killing off the dinosaurs, for one. Trying to get rid of mankind... Or get rid of everything on the planet to make room for humans. they blame aliens for killing dinosaurs. There's a whole laundry list of theories by this... Eric Von Daniken and and some of his um, followers that are pretty outlandish. But I do have to say... There are things in that show that kind of add up a little bit. Um, so that's one of the main talking points. Um, because of this show, it has centralized all of these theories. Um, whether you believe this, that, or whether you research this or that, now because of the History Channel making this show, and. All these books and guests and all that stuff, and kind of this pseudoscience. It's centralized it all into one place. So now when you think of ancient civilizations and alien intervention, you think of the show Ancient Aliens. Um, Sadly, because of the way the show was formatted, some of the crackpot guests that they have on there from time to time, and because of some of the more outlandish theories that are somewhat laughable, the show has gotten a bad rap. And once you do that, there's there's no going back. You're not shaking that bad rap. Um, it becomes a laughable show. Nobody takes it seriously. Even if one out of every hundred episodes is actually legitimate and they cover a very thought-provoking debate-intensive topic where it makes you think, uh, it doesn't matter. Because they spent 99 episodes making you feel like you were an idiot and You know, it's just terrible. We're going to dive into that a little bit, because like I said in the beginning, before that little rant, I do believe in this very heavily. Um, I don't know why. it's, It's partially a gut feeling. And another part is because some of the evidence is just so overwhelming that I can't ignore it. And some will argue that... A lack of a different answer doesn't mean that it has to be what you think it is. And we see this all the time. We as human beings, we're guilty of that, right? Like, if we don't have the answer to something, some kind of question, some kind of mystery, we all assume it's either the one or the other it's black or white it's 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 either the most outlandish thing possible it's not the most common sense thing does that make sense like i can't think of an example but for a while people thought the earth was flat Why? Because of a lack of evidence that it was round? They had no evidence that the Earth was flat. None. They thought if you sailed off into the ocean, you'd fall off on the other side. So it must be flat, right? But this has never happened to anybody. There's been no reports of boats falling off the edge of the Earth. So they didn't know any better. But, anyway... (laughs) I'm rambling. I've got only so much time, and as you can see, I'm very opinionated, and I kind of let my imagination go wild just a little bit. But we're going to dive into this. If you've never heard of this hypothesis, then buckle in, and and this is going to be a very interesting show. Um, However, I am not an expert So I would caution everybody to do your own research, go to Wikipedia, go to Google, watch YouTube videos, watch TV shows, listen to podcasts, read, 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 listen, 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 but take everything with a grain of salt. Whether you believe me or you don't believe me is inconsequential. I'm not here to try and convince you to believe me or disbelieve me. Do your own research, formulate your own opinions, and be smarter for it, okay? So the hypothesis behind the ancient astronaut narrative um, actually comes from a couple of different places. Most notably was Eric Von Doniken wrote a book called Chariots of the Gods. And in that book, there is a lot of pseudoscience and amateur archaeology pointing to archaeological quote-unquote evidence of aliens visiting ancient cultures. Uh, it's too long of a list to get into. Uh, but he wrote this book in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, I believe it was like 1967, 1968 the, the book was published. Um, some of the things in his book was evidence of modern technology in ancient times. Like, how could the Egyptians have pictures of light bulbs uh, inside the pyramids? Or there was a couple of hieroglyphics where they showed helicopters, like actual helicopters. Like, you, you could see the rudder and the blades and the cockpit of, like, a helicopter. And at first glance, this is great television and great reading. Um, at the time, in the 1960s and 70s, you couldn't really do a lot of research. There was no internet. You, you, you read this book and you were like, oh my god, there really was. Like, What were you going to do? Go to the pyramids and look for yourself? You took these pictures at face value, you read this book, you formulated these opinions, which in the book obviously is very biased because it's very leading and the, and the author leads you to conclusions that they want you to, 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 to get. Um, And that's a dangerous path because when you don't have the resources to do your own research, you are guided by somebody else's narrative and you formulate the opinions that they want you to formulate. So, that's what I want to avoid. Do your own research. Look things up. Watch videos. Listen to podcasts. Read, read, read. Don't take my word for it. Anyway, in Chariots of the Gods, he covers um, all kinds of things. Um, The Nazca lines and and uh, Peru and geoglyphs and southern America, uh, South America, things of that nature, and some of it is very compelling stuff. Um, I want to focus on a couple of things in this episode that I took from that book. I've read that book, Eric von Donikin's Chariots of the Gods. Uh, I read it many years ago. Um, and I want to cover some of the things I took out of that book at face value. I also want to cover some of the things I got from the show that I think warrant actual discussion and actual research. And that mainly centers around religious texts, religious symbolism, and religious iconography. Um, I have spent... A majority of my 20s and 30s studying religions around the world. Um, It was something that always fascinated me. Um, In-depth study of of ancient religions, modern religions, uh, you name it. And I always found it fascinating. Especially the ancient Sumerians. Um, The ancient Sumerians are a race of people that are long gone, obviously, and they wrote um, about a race of beings that they referred to as gods that came from the sky, the stars. They were called the Anunnaki. That was their name for the quote-unquote gods that came down. Uh, They believe that the Anunnaki were aliens who came to earth To mine for gold for their own use. Um, The Anunnaki used the ancient Sumerians as a slave labor force to mine gold. And these Anunnaki took this gold up to their ships. um, And once they had gotten enough, they, they dipped out. They just fucking bailed out. I don't know if that's a failure in translation if that's what they really thought. These were cuneiform tablets that these people were deciphering and learning this from. Um, The ancient Sumerians believed that we came from the Anunnaki and we were seeded on this planet by an ancient race of beings. They didn't believe in an Adam and Eve. They didn't believe in creating the earth in seven days. They believed that we were brought here and created by this race of beings for the sole purpose of general labor. That is it. It's compelling. It gets better, though, in Hindu mythology. The gods and their avatars travel from a place in flying vehicles called Vimanas. Now, in your Judeo-Christian religions, God is omniscient and omnipotent. He's everywhere and he's all-powerful. He knows everything, sees everything. He can appear and disappear at will, wherever, whenever. He's everywhere. In Hindu mythology, the gods from the sky, from the stars, traveled from place to place in flying vehicles called the Vimanas. Now you can actually look this up. There's actually artists' renditions based on the texts because the texts describe what these Vimanas look like. Uh, and they draw these Vimanas up and they look like fucking UFOs. Okay? There are many mentions of these flying objects in the Ramayana, um, which is a sacred text to the ancient Hindus. There's a couple of ancient texts that they use, but the Ramayana was one of them. Um, in Book 6, Canto 123, The Magic Car. I'm going to read this. Is not the wondrous chariot mine, named Pushpak, route by hands divine? This chariot, kept with utmost care, will waft thee through the fields of air, and thou shalt light unwearied down in fair iota's royal town from book six canto 124 the departure swift through the air as rama chose the wondrous car from earth arose and decked with swans and silver wings bore through the clouds its freight of kings Uh, So, Eric von Däniken discusses the Ramayana and the Vimanas in his book, Chariots of the Gods, suggesting that they were space vehicles. To support this hypothesis, he offers a quotation which he says is from an 1889 translation of the Mahabharata, uh, which is another holy religious text to the ancient Hindus. Uh, They flew with his Vimana on an enormous ray which was as brilliant as the sun and made a noise like the thunder of a storm. A ship traveling through the sky on a ray of light as bright as the sun with a noise like that of the thunder of a storm. That sounds like a rocket taking off. A ship riding on a trail as bright as the sun which would be the flames shooting out of the rocket and made a noise like the thunder of a storm. I don't know if you've ever been to a rocket show or like a rocket taking off, like Cape Canaveral. Uh, It is fucking loud, okay? (laughs) It's fucking earth-shattering loud. Um, Right there in the Ramayana, and the Mahabharata, these ancient Hindus believed that their gods... Visited them from space, traveled in ships called Vamanas, and you can go further and read the Mahabharata where these aliens go to war with each other in the skies over Earth. The gods go to war with each other. Similar to ancient Greek and Roman gods and Zeus and the Titans, the Vikings. Um, The Egyptians and Set and Osiris and everybody, gods going to war with each other in their flying spaceships using weapons that sound eerily similar to weapons we have now. They describe rockets, projectile type weapons, shooting from one ship to another, possibly nuclear weapons where they describe explosions that light up the night sky as if it was daylight. They describe radiation where people near where these weapons were going off were actually getting sick. Like this is this is written down in vivid detail in texts that are thousands and thousands of years old. And these people are reporting that you know this happened. Now well people will say, oh well why wouldn't they just say spaceship? why wouldn't they say alien well let me ask you something let's say that you have an iPad and you travel back three hundred two hundred fifty years right to the signing of the Declaration of Independence you you show up in Independence Hall you're in Philadelphia you're shaking hands with Ben Franklin whatever you want to say right they're getting ready to sign the Declaration of Independence you pull out your iPad And you say, hey, why don't we just use his iPad? It's a lot easier. How is a man from 250 years ago going to describe your iPad? Is he going to know it's a fucking iPad? Is he going to call it an iPad? Is he going to call it a computer? Is he even going to call it a tablet? Does it have a screen? They didn't even have that back then. What is he going to describe it as? Think of yourself 250 years ago, how you would describe a piece of technology that we have today. A computer, a cell phone, a tablet, an Xbox. How are you going to describe electricity? You're not. You're not going to call it by what it actually is because you have no basis for that. You have no comparison. You don't have the knowledge. You're just going to say it's a fucking magic square where images could show up on it and it lit up like it was... Powered you, you you can't describe an iPad without mentioning technology that it that you wouldn't know about. It's just a magic box. Sounds come out of it like there's people inside of it. Microscopic tiny little people with images on a you can't even say screen because you don't know what a screen is. You say Moving pictures. Well, they didn't have pictures. They didn't have cameras. So you can't say pictures. So, of course, human beings, thousands of years ago, watching an alien ship fly through the sky, would refer to it as a dragon or a steel bird or any other thing that they could try and relate to it to communicate it to us. They're not going to say a spaceship. They don't know what space is. They don't know what a ship is. Does that make sense? They're going to use their limited frame of reference to try and describe it to you. Even in the book of Genesis in the Bible, Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. This is in the book of Genesis. This is your Bible. Grab your Bible right now. It's in there. Chapter 6, verse 1, 2, and 4. Sons of God came down from wherever the fuck they were, mated with human females, and beget a race called the Nephilim. It was in the Bible. I'm not making it up. You, even if you want to point fun at old hokey religions like Hinduism, or the ancient Sumerians, or whatever you might want to make fun of, when we start getting into Judeo-Christian religions and you're finding the same evidence of ancient beings coming down to our planet and intermingling with us. Many Christians consider these groups to be the different families of Adam and Eve's children. Another interpretation is that the Nephilim are the children of the sons of God and daughters of humans. Although scholars are uncertain, the King James Version translates Nephilim as giants. Ancient astronaut proponents argue that Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit in order to be godlike, and this is the first step in human evolution. I disagree with that. So when we're talking about religion and the Adam and Eve and the the story of... um, Eden and the fruit and the snake and all that stuff. I have a whole different thing I would love to go in about that. I don't think that's the same thing because now if you're an ancient alien theorist as they like to call themselves or a proponent or a believer here's where you cannot have your cake and eat it too. Do you believe the ancient Sumerians where we were brought here and seeded by the Anunnaki Or do you believe Judeo-Christians and Adam and Eve being quote-unquote the first human beings on the planet? So we can't be seeded and brought here by another planet and have Adam and Eve were the first human beings and then we all came from them. You can't have both. Both stories do not add up. You cannot have both beginnings of humanity were we all begotten by Adam and Eve or were we brought here by the Anunnaki. So there's a contradiction there which I've never been able to resolve. So I guess that's up to the individual person on what they believe. Um, personally, I've never I've always taken the Bible with huge grain of salt, not because I'm anti-Christian or anti-God. I just believe that too many human beings have had their hand in the Bible. I do believe that the Bible at its core was probably something very good and very beneficial to mankind and had a decent good message, maybe godlike, but too many men and over too many eons have done too much damage to the book that it's, it's a mere echo of its original self. And you can get into the apocryphal books too, apocryphal books of the Bible, like the Book of Enoch, um, which I would encourage anybody to read. Just if you've ever read the Bible and not the Book of Enoch, you're really missing out. Uh, Enoch just disappears out of the Bible. If you ever notice that, um, you have to read the Book of Enoch. It's like the it's like the movie is over, and you wonder, hey, whatever happened to that one guy in that one scene? Whatever happened to him? That was Enoch, and you got to watch like the fucking offshoot series movies that came out to explain. That's what the Book of Enoch is. Um, in the Book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, um, the Book of Ezekiel recounts a vision in which Ezekiel sees an immense cloud that contains fire and emits lightning and brilliant light. It continues, the center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. These creatures, called cherubim, are described as winged and humanoid. They sped back and forth like flashes of lightning, and fire moved back and forth among the creatures. The passage goes on to describe four shiny objects, each appearing like a wheel intersecting a wheel. These objects could fly and they moved with the creatures. When the living creatures moved, the wheels moved. And when the wheels moved, the living creatures moved. This is exactly what I was just talking about. Somebody from thousands, thousands of years ago seeing something they could not explain and trying to tell a story based on their own frame of of reference. These were farmers, these were people who barely were out of the Stone Age. Describing a UFO as a wheel and a shiny object and creatures flying back and forth at the speed of lightning. And these objects look like wheels. Like that's, that's your frame of reference. You see a UFO. It's round. You have you have two words that you can use to describe a UFO: round, circle. And now you got a wheel, so you got three words. It looked like a, a shiny wheel flying through the sky. There's creatures with it. Wherever the creatures went, the wheels went, vice versa. They flew like fast as lightning. Isn't the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament? Some ancient astronaut proponents such as Von Donakin and Barry Downing believe that the concept of hell in the Bible could be a real description of the planet Venus brought to Earth by extraterrestrials showing photos of the hot surface on Venus to Mars. I don't believe that. Some of that, I don't know. Aliens came to Earth told mankind about Venus and then they made it into hell I don't know about that Now I'm Irish or I'm half Irish And the Tuatha Dé Danann is a very interesting book I would uh, encourage anybody to read it It's ancient Irish, and Gaelic stories and myths. The arrival of aliens in spacecraft. This is from Tuatha de Danann. It's also the name of the race of of aliens. Kind of like the Anunnaki. The arrival of aliens in spacecraft with cloaking devices. The text states so that they were the Tuatha de Danann who came to Ireland. In this wise they came in dark clouds. They landed on the mountains of Camachney Rhine in Connacht. And they brought a darkness over the sun for three days and three nights. This is not ancient Ireland. They were depicting something. Aliens or whatever you might call them. Landing on the mountains and bringing with them dark clouds. It could have been smoke. I don't know. I wasn't there. Ancient writings are one thing, right? They can be fake. They can be misinterpretations. They could be any number of things. We weren't there. We don't know. It's thousands upon thousands of years ago, and it's one man or two man's accounts. Imagine trying to solve a murder that happened a thousand years ago. You know how hard that would be. And here we are trying to decipher what somebody saw 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, however long you want to go. If you believe in ancient pyramids and hieroglyphs, you can go back tens of thousands of years. Ancient astronaut proponents believe Hopi cave drawings found in the desert link the origins of the Hopi and the Zuni tribes with quote-unquote star people. They point to similar etchings elsewhere as evidence that extraterrestrials visited many different ancient civilizations. I will agree. Ancient Native Americans and Indian tribes through North America and Central America uh, with their cave drawings and, and petroglyphs and art have some very compelling imagery of no doubt about it. Like space alien looking creatures. UFO looking objects. And this is 500,000, 2000 years ago. Ancient Native Americans talking about star people. Now, now, they still believe these myths and these legends. I, I live in the Midwest and I have friends that are Native American. I live just a couple miles from a Native American reservation. I've asked this question of my Native American friends and yes their ancient cultures and their elders and their people that practice their religion on their reservation do believe in star people that these beings Are no different than us, or their ancestors, or their gods, or their spirit guides. The people that come down from the sky. The Nazca Lines in Peru. I've never been to Peru. I'm imagining most of you have not, but this is something you could easily look up. N-A-Z-C-A, the Nazca Lines are hundreds of huge ground drawings etched into the high desert of southern Peru. Some are stylized animals, some are humanoid figures, while others are merely straight lines hundreds of meters long. Hundreds of meters long. As the figures were made to be seen from a great height, they have been linked with the ancient astronaut hypothesis. I have seen these lines on these figures in, in Google Images and I've even gone to Google Earth and i like, looked at them and watched videos on them. From ground level, absolutely right. You can't see them. You're driving along the road, you're, you're walking through the desert, you, you would not see these drawings or these images. But when you fly up into the air, yeah, you see spiders, you see snakes, you see people. You see geometric shapes as if you were meant to see them from the sky. Now, is that evidence? No. But these were made a thousand years ago? Two thousand years ago? Why? I don't know. Proponents of ancient astronauts' ideas say some artifacts discovered in Egypt are similar to modern planes and gliders. Yeah, we've seen that. We've... we've looked at images of helicopters and hieroglyphics and things like that. Ancient structures. You know, things like Stonehenge or the Muai on Easter Island. You know, all those big giant statues with the big heads that weigh thousands upon thousands of pounds from a rock that can't even be found on the island. How'd they build the pyramids? We still don't know. Does that mean aliens did it? I don't know. maybe there's technology that's long lost that we don't know what they did or how they did it but that doesn't mean aliens it can't be, like I said in the beginning a lack of evidence is not permission to jump to the most extreme conclusion just because we don't know how the pyramids were made or how the Sphinx was built doesn't mean aliens did it it doesn't mean they didn't but it's not an automatic free pass to apply the most extreme theory and say, well, you can't prove it's not. Well, that's, that's fucking stupid, right? Like, I have this coffee mug in front of me, okay? I'm drinking tea. Well, this coffee mug keeps tigers away. No, seriously, it does. You don't see any fucking tigers around, do you? It must work. It, it, you can't do that and get a free pass. Well, can you prove that it doesn't give keep tigers away? No, you can't. That doesn't give you a free pass to attach whatever wild theory or philosophy or idea you want to it and get a free pass. It just, just doesn't work that way. Although I do believe that there was probably some extraterrestrial influence. Um, I do believe that we were seated on this planet. I do believe that we were giving help throughout the course of human history. I do believe we were taught how to talk and how to do mathematics. I do believe we were taught basic ideas of building and structures and government and we were given the seeds for things like religion and philosophy and art, but I don't think that the aliens landed, whipped up a hundred thousand people and said let's build these fucking pyramids so we got a place to land our ship. I don't think that they were more outlandish theories of the pyramids being an ancient battery or landing spots for alien spacecrafts. I don't believe that one bit. I believe that they were ex- exactly what mainstream archaeology says they were. Tombs for past pharaohs and emperors and what, whatnot. I do believe that Stonehenge was probably erected as some kind of lunar calendar yes it rests on the ley lines of the earth there's a lot of energy and electromagnetic fields surrounding it there's a lot of strange energy because of where it's built and that's probably why it was built there Um, so who knows Ancient astronauts have been addressed frequently in science fiction and horror fiction and many different media. In 2004, article in Skeptic magazine, Jason Colvito writes that Von Daniken borrowed many of the book's concepts from Les Matins des Magicians, Morning of the Magicians, that this book in turn was heavily influenced by the Cthulhu mythos, and that the core of the ancient astronaut hypothesis originates in H.P. Lovecraft's, H.P. Lovecraft's works, The Call of Cthulhu and at the Mountains of Madness. Um, They're just trying to say that Von Däniken stole most of his theories and ideas from other authors. H.P. Lovecraft was a very good author. Uh, A lot of people think that he wrote the original Necronomicon, but we'll never know. Uh, The idea that aliens visited Earth in the past is frequently seen in works of fiction. For example, the comic book Thor considers that all North mythology is based on the actual beings living in other dimensions. That's what I wanted to get to next, right? So now we have we we talked about this with in our first episode of Aliens on on this podcast where we were talking about being desensitized to the idea of aliens visiting us by Hollywood. And we see evidence of that here, where you're exactly right, you look at the Thor and this in the story of Thor and the Norse mythology and and Loki and all of them, in these Thor movies, well, we find out every fucking one of them was a space alien that has visited Earth, blah blah blah. And oh, my dog has decided to come pay me a visit. Hey, Sweepy. She must have to go outside. Um. These Thor movies were being desensitized to the fact that aliens in our old ancient religions were aliens. Came down to this planet from another dimension. There's a laundry list of topics we can cover on this specific alien intervention idea. The amount of evidence or lack of evidence or pseudoscience or circumstantial evidence is very long. Like I said, I think there's like 18 seasons of just the Ancient Aliens show. There's theories upon theories upon theories that I could go on and on for hours upon hours talking about, guys, but you get to the point where you have ancient texts That you can't explain. You have cave drawings and and artifacts from ancient cultures all around the world. From the Native Americans, to the Hindus, to the Sunnis, to everybody saying that star gods and star people and cave drawings of UFOs. How the fuck do you explain a cave drawing of a UFO? Like how much simpler do you need it? these people had no lives dude they farmed, they took care of their stock and their house and their crops and that was it bro the little bit of spare time they had was drawing in a cave of them hunting deer and elk and some calendar stuff and maybe some general ideas and rituals and oh yeah this fucking spaceship with these big bug-eyed aliens like. I don't think that they had that kind of imagination where they would make this up. And if they did, you mean to tell me it happened on a global scale? I could understand people having imaginations. People have them now. Look at books and science fiction and fiction and Hollywood. Okay, imagination is a part of human thought. That's what we do when we have more than five seconds of peace and quiet to ourselves. Our minds wander, our imagination takes over. That's part of the human equation. That's part of our brains. And that's what makes us what we are, right? Imagination. I can, I can get a culture having an imagination and having entertainment and toys. That's another issue that I have with ancient aliens, they'll find some thing that looks like a UFO and they don't stop to think that maybe this culture had an imagination, had stories that they told their kids at night to help them go to sleep. They didn't make toys for their kids to play with. It's like imagination didn't exist 2000 years ago. If they talked about this then it must have been evidence. No. No, maybe that's just a toy some guy carved out of a piece of wood or rock for his kid to play with, and you think it looks like an alien, or you think it looks like a UFO. I get that. And if it was just one or two isolated cases, I could accept that, and I could move on from that, people. But what bothers me the most is the preponderance of it on a global scale through centuries and centuries and eons, the same underlying idea of our quote-unquote gods coming down from the sky, doing this, doing that, saying this, saying that, giving us this, giving us that, and they all look the same. They look the same. Pick a culture, pick a spot on the globe, pick Africa, Australia, Native Americans and and North America. These cultures never interacted with each other. There was no internet, people didn't fly from point A to point B, they didn't get in boats and swim all the way around the world telling stories to each other. These cultures never interacted with each other, ever. The ancient Mayans never interacted with the ancient Egyptians. Well, some people think they did. Right, because they built pyramids? Uh, it ain't fucking hard to come up with the idea of a pyramid. Okay. You think because the Egyptians did it and the Mayans did it, they, they must have talked to each other? Now get the fuck out of here. Okay. These cultures didn't interact with each other. And they have almost eerily similar stories, myths pictographs, artifacts of beings coming down and interacting with human beings. The cave drawings are almost identical, there's tall skinny bug-eyed fucking aliens with disc-shaped crafts. I mean, in any court of law, the evidence would be overwhelming, you'd be convicted. There, there comes a point in time where too much circumstantial evidence is evidence. If every time Bruce Wayne leaves the room, Batman appears, well, <laughs> i got news for you. You don't have any evidence that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but they're never in the fucking room together, are they? So there is a point in time where there's just so much circumstantial evidence that you just have to you you can't ignore it anymore. So that's what I would challenge you guys to do. Take a look at some of the quote-unquote evidence. Go look it up. Do your own research. You got ten minutes you're killing, you're stuck in traffic, or you know, don't do it while you're driving, but you're at work, you're on break, you're on the shitter at home after a long day, You know, you're chilling in bed trying to fall asleep and you're just sick of TikTok. Do some Googling. Listen to a podcast or look up something and, and educate yourself. You'd be surprised what you find out. And with that, I'm going to end this evening's show. I want to thank everybody for coming out and listening. Uh, If you're listening to this on YouTube, you are ahead of everybody else. Sorry this episode did not include any video. Like I said, I'm experimenting with a new format. We are on Spotify and Amazon Music. Links to that down below. Be sure to click that like and subscribe button. Help a small channel out in the big YouTube universe. Head on over to our Discord if you want to talk about the podcast, if you want to offer suggestions for future topics, if you want to offer comments on anything we've covered so far, you will always find them on our YouTube page. I know you can't really do that on Spotify or Amazon Music, so head on over to our YouTube. The shows are always uploaded there first. My name is Nerd. Thanks again for hanging out in my dungeon and listening to Nerdgasm. Next week, Episode 4, we're going to dive into something a little bit more juicy. In the meantime, guys, stay educated, do some research, tell somebody you love them, and make every day count. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.